It's another Wednesday edition of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. We're going to talk about some Arizona Coyotes news. Steve Potvin has been, been named head coach of the Tucson Roadrunners. And we're going to do another edition of How Did We Get Here? featuring Michael Carcone. That's going to be all on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes, your number one daily Arizona Coyotes podcast. I am your host, Robin Leonio. That is Carl Pavlock right beside me on today's episode. We are want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. We got a great show for you guys today. We got some news we got to tackle, and we're going to do a little bit of that, of that how did we get here segment featuring another Coyotes player. So lots of stuff to talk about, but first, Carl, let's let's go right into it. We talk about Steve yep. Potvin becoming the next head coach of the Tucson Roadrunners. I was kind of telling you beforehand, you know, when Jay Verde decided to go, you know, go, to the, go to the NHL, um, I was like... I don't know if I trust Potvin. Like, I like him as a guy. He's a really nice guy. I just can't see him as, another, as a as a head coach quality. Looks like the yeah. Roadrunners disagreed with my assessment. Yeah, I mean, that, that is definitely a uh, difference of agreement or, between you and the Roadrunners. Uh, it's a good thing you're in Phoenix now. You're not going to be running into him as Penny. Not sure if he's a listener. Uh, but uh, it's definitely uh, seems like a good move. The, the Coyotes seem to like what they have. They want some stability with that organization. They know that they're going to come to rely on the Roadrunners a lot. Uh, and something that's been pointed out, um, and I kind of noticed this when I was doing some Google searches, uh, Steve Potvin, uh, Potvin took over and was head coach during the pandemic shortly. Season. Yes, he was. That's kind of why I pointed to that to, to some of my yeah. hesitancy because I was, and I I think I'm I was being also overly, oh, um overly critical because of how bad that team was. Might have not been his fault. It might have just been yeah. just a lack of talent because the taxi squad took everybody. It could be. Uh, I do definitely remember the two of us were disappointed in the Roadrunners. Um. And we were also kind of concerned about Victor Soderstrom. He didn't have a good first year with the mm-hmm. Roadrunners. So Soderstrom that, didn't. Hayton kind of didn't. Like, yeah. But there's also just a million reasons why that may be the case. Like the team may have been like, okay, these are two very young kids uh, in Arizona for the first time during a global pandemic. Uh, we could forgive them for not being 100% focused on the game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that, you know, the sense of stability is going to be key for something like this. We talked about, like, if it's not Pop Band, like, 
he's probably going to be gone as mm-hmm. assistant coach. Uh, and there are speculations that the other assistant coach would be gone too, just because, you know, like that it just seemed like how things would go. And then you got like a whole new coaching staff going in there. And do you really want that right now? Especially with how the team, how the organization has been right now. No, you're right. You probably don't. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the sense of stability is one thing. And I think it's nice, right, to have that, you know, you think about it. The fact that Popin, I think, is a day oneer. I think he's been around since the Mark Lamb years. Like, uh-huh. the Mark Lamb year. Um, if not, if not, he was there a year or two. So he's been around for a while. Um, yeah. He's been with the Roadrunners for six seasons. Uh, he's been with the Coyote franchise uh, for seven. So... His first was the 2017-2018. So would that be year two? Yeah, it'd be year two. Yep. So that was, yep. yeah. So he was hired to be alongside Van Ryan. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, still, that's still, that's, you know, that's still one of the longer, no longer served. I think Slaney would be right next to that. You know, obviously the other assistant coach. So um, this brings to my question now, the fact that you promoted one of the assistant coaches, you now have a vacant AHL assistant coaching role. Yep. Um, which, I mean, who knows who's going to get that opportunity. Uh, I will say the Coyotes have shown uh, willingness to have diversity in their coaching staff. And I think we just saw there was a, an ECHL team that hired a, a black head coach. Um mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if they got like one of the guys from the uh, the coaching development program from like two seasons ago uh, to come in because you know an assistant coach on an AHL team that is a pretty big stepping stone. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of ECHL, really quick, did you see that um, the Coyotes have a new ECHL affiliate? I didn't see that it was official yet. I saw that there was rumors that it was going to happen. Yeah, so obviously we like the the uh, Rapid City Rush ended their agreement, and um, it's not official official yet. Obviously, that like no hundred percent official sources go, but we can kind of report based off of you know sources from other reports that the Coyotes will be signing an agreement with the Atlanta Gladiators. Uh, is it the Atlantics? Is it no longer the Gwinnett Gladiators? What's that? Oh, I just remember it used to be Gwinnett, I think, specifically. I wonder if they had a name change. If they, like the Coyotes, went from a city name to uh, to a state name. Or, I mean, it's the ECHL. Who knows what could have happened? They could have relocated. Um, I have seen that. I, I know the Coyotes have previously been affiliated with the Gladiators. Um, I like the Rush. I thought they were a good franchise. Uh, I like them on social media. I'll probably still follow them on Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, the ECHL isn't the most important piece of an NHL franchise, like, but it, it definitely has its place. It's good at developing goalies. And we do see the occasional player come up from the ECHL and make it all the way to the NHL. Uh, Seems to be defensemen more than forwards, but yeah. you know, it, it's definitely a piece of development that the Coyotes need to maintain. 
absolutely. But so that's an interesting bit of news on that one. But um, I kind of felt like I had to kind of bring that up just because you know it's uh, it happened in the last twenty four hours. But yeah, back to the coaching news real quick. Um, you know, once again, uh, Steve Potvin named the next head coach of the Roadrunners. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his like, like what what essentially he's going to do. Maybe because he he just kind of has been that also like like loyal to the organization, right? And kind of understands what the what his role will be for a development coach, essentially. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, maybe the Coyotes just like that. Just like, hey, like we know you're gonna fit, like, like you're gonna listen to us. Yeah. Although I will say, like, this is a, a great opportunity for him, but the buck now stops with him. So he definitely needs to make sure that he delivers results. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how likely that's going to be. I don't know how well stocked the Roadrunners are going to be for next season. But he needs to do what he can. And most importantly, he needs to show, like, the Roadrunners can continue to be a development area for the Coyotes. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does, though. And like I said, like, you know, he's a super nice guy. Um, you know, a couple times we've, t- we've talked to him at post-game press conferences. Um, and, yeah, he definitely comes off as that, you know, that kind of person. So, like, yeah, you know, I think he – you know, we'll give him. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for one more for, for another year or two. See what he does, um, especially now that it's a full season. We're gonna go ahead and move on from talking about Steve Potvin and you know the other latest news. Um, we're gonna talk getting to the how did we get here segment. You know, we're gonna get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about you know a little bit of a, a little bit of a PSA from um, and. I guess here here's the best way to uh, to, to put it put it this way. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and the, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? There's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers out there are, um, are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So back here on Locked On Coyotes once again, Robin Leonio, Carl Pavlock. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are continuing this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We talked about Steve Popman in the first. Now let's go ahead and talk about um how did we get here you know here's another segment of the an- another edition of the how did we get here series uh the guy idea that the idea that carl brought up to kind of kind of you know help us understand how certain player you know certain players career arcs and you know how they got to this to, to their point in their careers and a lot of other things contracts a bunch of stuff like that 
But on today's episode, we are specifically talking about one player and how he got and how he got to his point in his career. We're talking about Michael Carcone, Carl, and that's, a, that's an interesting guy to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially since we just talked about the franchise he was with the most with the Coyotes organization, the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, there's a possibility he'll be a Roadrunner again, so this feels like a good fit. And Carcone has a very interesting career path to the NHL. Yeah, it's really interesting because the 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 thing that I t- like that I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast is where Carcone was last year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was a member of the Roadrunners, but not in a not under contract with the Coyotes. He was under contract with the Nashville Predators because in the Admirals couldn't play. They did on a hiatus, so they were loaned to Tucson, and that is the extent of what I knew about Michael Carcone. But you did some research, and apparently he's been all over the place. Yeah, so let me just kind of hit you with his uh, career path and his teams. Uh, Carcone, an undrafted player, which you don't really see too often. Uh, They are definitely there. They work very hard. Uh, And Carcone has shown that, you know, he wanted to be an NHL player. Signs a three-year deal with the Vancouver Canucks. In his third year of playing with the Utica Comets, he gets traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to stay with their AHL affiliate, the Marlies. Plays a good year, but ends up getting traded to the Ottawa Senators uh, in a six-player trade um, from the Senators. Plays in a pandemic-shortened season, uh, only in their AHL affiliate, Gets traded to Nashville. That's how he ends up with the Coyotes. Uh, playing for the Roadrunners last year. Gets his first call up in December of this year. Which is, you know, a pretty good career path for a 26-year-old undrafted player. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, a lot of me wants to think that Michael Carcone, one, got really lucky, and two, fell into the Coyotes' laps. Right, because of what happened, we mentioned about that that part, that last part of the fact that he was with the Predators but couldn't play, so he was loaned to the Roadrunners, and and, and that part that I've mentioned again, or, like already so far today, a couple times, uh, and and I think because of that, more people, more Coyotes scouts and Coyotes, um, you know, um, personnel were watching this guy. He's like, oh, yeah. this guy's on our team. And guess what? He's the best player on our team. So, like, let's take a look at what the deal is, and, you know, where he's at. And then they were just able to get him off of free agency. He's like, yeah, we'll take you. Come on. Yeah. A uh, two-year, two-way deal, league minimum uh, in the NHL, uh, $150,000 in the AHL. A pretty good steal for – a player who was arguably their best player last year too, or one of their top three. Um, and I think he, he had a good impact on the NHL too. Uh, played in 21 games, four goals, two assists. Uh, not a lot of time on either the power play or the penalty kill. So just a lot of five on five minutes. Yeah. I mean, and it, which, which, which is really interesting to watch. Cause like, you know, they're not very, they're, they're um, or it's pretty nice when you hear a player who is, you know, literally just there for the five on five. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's been the case for him. And, you know, to see him just grow off that, 
to see how he grew in the AHL and eventually get his chance in the NHL with the Coyotes. And we talked about this multiple times, right? Of how a lot of this last season was play, you know, players being able to prove their worth, prove themselves. Um, and Michael Carcone had that perfect opportunity to do so. Even he got called up, he he continued to do well, right? He had, you know, he you know he put up some points. Um, and people were excited about it, right? You know, there was so much excitement surrounding his call up and his and his first few goal, like first few points, like it was awesome. Yeah, uh, you mentioned luck, and I do not want to like misstate how much work Kirkoni had to put in, oh, like to change, yeah. like to go from an undrafted player to an NHL player. You have to like look in and work. make a lot of a crap ton of work. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, and that that point of you know luck is the fact is just more the fact that you know of this whole whole story arc, the fact that he literally just went to a team that needed a player of his kind. Yeah, I think that part is definitely where he got lucky. He ended up on a team that in a year would need a player like Michael Carcone. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the nashville predators would have loaned him to the coyotes if they thought he could be an nhl player that year like he's he stayed there and he was the better for it but that puts him in the coyotes organization all of a sudden they sell off everybody a bunch of people get hurt uh, and covid and traded and it he just gets that opportunity he he made his debut in december but he didn't stick around until March. Uh, that's when he came back for his second trip up. And that's where he really showed like, hey, I deserve to be here. Finish off the season with the team. That that shows the kind of dedication. And, you know, that's when the team needed a player like Harkonnen to step up. And I, I do kind of wonder what he is going to be next year. Is he going to be with the Coyotes or is he going to start with the Roadrunners? That's going to be a big question. In fact, we're going to talk about that and maybe some of the other things that we're going to expect from Michael Carcone in the next season, maybe even beyond in just a moment. But first, I'm going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So I have a message from our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the best and easiest way to check all your betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting and scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So now let's kind of talk about what we like, you know, what's next for him, right? Because he got his chance and he played well. Um, yep. But what do the Coyotes do from here, right? Um, that's the big question because he was the Roadrunner's best player, right? Um, or one of at least. Um, yes. And the Coyotes are in a position where like they're not gonna they're not gonna be a good team. So like like but and their roster is kind of all over the place. We don't know what their roster is really gonna look like. So, so don't leave that question mark. But go ahead. I was gonna say cat friendly 
lists him as one of the 13 forwards. And uh, yeah, that that seems possible. That seems like a, a potential good spot for him uh, as the 13th forward. He's 26, so I don't really know if he needs more time developing in the AHL. It, it may be his ceiling, but I don't know. Uh, it's it's definitely. I think he, he needs to have a, a damn good training camp. Oh yeah, no, he definitely he needs to have a really good training camp. Um, but I can definitely see him at the very least a floater. Yeah. Right. Like let's say he starts the season with Arizona, and then you know a few games in, you know he gets sent down to kind of just like because he's maybe not performing up to what they really hope he plays really well in tucson someone gets injured he gets called right back up you know he's kind of there here's the thing though uh potential concern for that he is not waivers exempt so he would need to clear waivers Mm, yeah there we go that does it um so that would mean stardom in tucson and emergency call up or just start him with the coyotes and keep him up yeah i mean i that's an option you know i don't see i mean just looking at the at the roadrunners players or the players who who would be roadrunners um, you got, I'm thinking players who could potentially steal a spot. Uh, Matias Michelli, he came up a season, mm-hmm. uh, Yannick, um, Ben McCartney, or Boko. I think Michelli is the one as a player that has more of a he has the like he has the highest ceiling out of those names. That said, you know you want to make sure he is developed, right? You do, yeah. <laughs> because we've we, we've been we've been pushing the no rush ideology for all freaking off season long, so. And that's the difference. Uh, Matthias Michelli is twenty one years old, as is Jan Unique, uh, but. You know, uh, Michael Carcone, he's, he's 26. I, I don't want to say he's over the hill, but he, he's he's probably closer to what his ceiling is going to be. We, we probably know more about who he is as a player. I don't think that you necessarily need him in Tucson uh, over, in, over being in Arizona. I don't think it benefits him. I think if you want to bolster the Roadrunners, then you make that move. But if he's an NHL player, I think he should be with Coyotes. So then have him, because so you said he was one of the 13 forwards, then make him the 13th forward, right? The kind of, you know, quite a few of the games be a healthy scratch, but then just come in and do his thing. Well, I mean, I'd still say probably Liam O'Brien is that 13th forward in that traditional way. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, with the way Liam O'Brien plays, you find it to be right. 
because yeah. you know you don't need to put in the enforcer 82 games out of 82 like yeah especially since the team has zach cassian now oh my god i forgot about that yeah so <laughs> you're right yeah i'm you know yeah you're right that's going to be our, our segment to start the season. Uh, oh my God, I forgot about that. Who's with the Coyotes now? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. Let's preview. Let's preview the se- Let's preview the season. Let's go through the roster. Like, oh, that's right. He's a Coyote. Huh? Nick Bugstad. Yeah, that that was exciting. Uh, <laughs> I have actually seen a lot of uh, Nick Bugstad stuff. So. I, I do always wonder because I do think the Coyotes are a great chance to kind of show what you can do. Um, but, but yeah, I, looking at the Coyotes roster, unless they make a move for another forward, which I, I, I don't really see, um, they need a backup goaltender. That's kind of it. I think that this is like what we got. And I think Carconi is just, is just the best player for that role. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll totally agree with you on that. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'd be excited to see what he can do. That said, do you see him as a member of the Coyotes past that two-year deal? So he's got one more year left. Mm-hmm. Um, if I mean, if he plays like 60 games with the Coyotes – then sure, I could see the team re- resigning him. Uh, who is signed past next season? Quick. Uh, All right, so past next season, guess how many forwards we have? Four. Six. It is Clinton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Lawson Krauss, Zach Cassian, Travis Boyd, and Liam O'Brien. Oh, great. I mean, Mm-mm. it at times last year, I thought that Carconi was an improvement over Fisher. So. Yeah, Fisher did not have a good season. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, him. I want to see him, him bounce back, but it's a whole nother story. I have wanted to see Christian Fisher bounce back like every single season. Uh, He had a a great rookie year, but uh, I wanted more from him. And each season he leaves me wanting more. And I keep expecting him to like, give me more. I I don't know why uh, the team didn't use him as a penalty killer as much. Um, I thought that that was a good, good spot for him. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the, you know, the penalty kill did great. Maybe try it a couple of times, but uh, that's uh that's a different tangent but but yeah i could see carconi taking maybe fisher's spot um maybe bugstad's spot uh take andrew ladd's spot these are all players who are going to be coming off the books i think that's a question that's that'll, that'll be a question left up for john madden that it will uh that it will i honestly yeah I think that oh, th- this forward group, I think it's pretty much set. I think it's the defensive core that's going to be shaken up and 
the goalie situation. So I, I say Carcone with the team, uh, potentially, let's say, medium term. Because I think he could be like a good third line player. So like get him on like a three-year deal? Yeah. 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 Give him like a, a raise, definitely. He's making seven fifty. Um Yeah, but, but you wouldn't like, go too much. You'd go like I I'd I'd cap it around like the the mill range, right? The mill yeah. like mill to two. But yeah. Maybe like one point two five. Yeah, around there. Yeah. I'm surprised, uh Travis Boyd. 1.75. Uh, and I just love the fact that he plays on a line with uh, players who make 7.15 and 5.85. <laughs> I expect he's not buying many dinners. I mean, I'd rather have that than a uh, $12 million fourth line. Uh, that was, Which we uh, never saw, but I loved making that we, joke. We, yeah, we never saw it. The, the there were so many ch- things that we should have seen last season. The twelve million dollar fourth line, the bear pair, the yeah, all of it, just all of it. Yeah. Anyways, though, we're running out of time with this episode. Any final thoughts you wanted to share before we close things off? Uh, yeah, I do want to say just one last time. Uh, the going from an undrafted player to an NHL player is something that is truly astonishing. Uh, It never gets old. How, like, when you see it, you're just like, man, you had to work so much harder than everyone else. Like, the Coyotes drafted the third overall player this past year. They're hoping to draft the first overall. Like, and Carcone wasn't, like, even the 170th overall for multiple years mm-hmm. and he still did it like it, it's definitely an inspirational story absolutely i'm glad to see him like i got i was glad to see him in his first year in tucson which was really fun to watch because like i said he was freaking phenomenal and, I, and that's when yeah. i had to look up like wait who is this kid never heard of him before he says oh under contract nashville what it was it was a yeah. it was a fun experience it really was and he had an even crazier story beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, that was going to be it for today's episode of Locked on Coyotes. If you like what you, could, like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes, on Instagram at locked on coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. That is Robin with a Y underscore L E A. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock S. Interact with us, ask questions you might have, we might answer right back, or in a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And of course, cool, it's hot as hell here in the valley. And don't forget the howl on. <laughs>